Yeah, at times, yes, it's required that uh, your love uh, becomes way stronger uh, than pride. And uh, that's Tiwe saying, Segwanele. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, we begin our conversations with just, uh, with, uh, just looking at um, uh, some of the services that are essential. And I don't believe that uh, we provide them at a large scale that uh, um, they required in our schools. And perhaps you can join in the conversation and tell us what your experience is. And joining me right now on the line is uh, Gerard uh, Lanning, who is uh, a Chief Enabling Officer at Community Keepers. Good afternoon and welcome, Gerald. Hi, Griselda. Um, thank you for having me on your show. Very important um, uh, intervention that uh, you guys provide. Uh, for a person who has not heard of Community Keepers, uh, tell us exactly what this organization does. Well, well perhaps I would love to start um, by using a metaphor so if you can imagine having to push a wheelbarrow but having your one hand tied behind your 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 back it's impossible and um basically what we what we realize and what we see in the schools um is that with the amount of trauma that our kids in in endure in on a, on a daily basis they are like trying to have to push a wheelbarrow with one hand tied behind their backs. It's nearly impossible to, to learn. Um, and what we try and do is, by offering uh, psychosocial services mm. in schools, we help the kids to, to overcome those obstacles, to, to ultimately have their brains untied um, and having them the opportunity to actually um, study again and be able to learn. And how early should this intervention uh, be provided in schools? Because uh, if it's part of development, um, you know, that would mean the earlier the better. Uh, so, sorry, you broke up there for a second. Can you just repeat your question? Now, I'm asking how early this intervention should be introduced uh, to pupils because the earlier the better uh, for development, I'm, I'm assuming. Of course, of course. Um, I mean, um, the, the, the younger we can see the kids and obviously also the the earliest after they've been in a tra- traumatic situation, mm-hmm. um, the better the chances are of them actually uh, bouncing back in a sense. Um, so, so children in general are, are extremely resilient, but obviously um, the longer they experience these kind of challenges, the, the harder it becomes to actually remedy it. And it's, it's something that happens in your brain. It's, it's just um, that kids get to a point where they, they start believing that it is impossible. And the moment you get to that point, um, what you believe is what you get. So what are some of the um, perhaps challenges faced by learners um, who uh, experience social and emotional um, challenges in, in their communities? And, and what sort of intervention is needed? And when you look at the scale of, of provision, are we doing enough as a country? Yes, yes. Well, um, yeah. A very loaded question, and actually a few questions in one. Um, to, to answer your last question first, I don't think we are doing enough at present, um, and and I'm I'm saying that because we are living in communities and we are seeing kids living in communities that are extremely broken. Um, mm. Kids grow up um, experiencing traumatic stuff that they should never be exposed to. Um, and, and the challenge with that is, is that it is not once off. 
it is that they, they, they physically live in situations where they are constantly seeing violence, um, both inside the house, outside of the house. They are themselves um, experiencing various kinds of abuse, neglect. Mm. Um, they are being exposed to, to the detrimental effects of um, uh, substance abuses and, and what it does in um, families and in communities. Um, and, and in general, it also, uh, I mean, a, a, a huge amount of violence that they are exposed to. Mm. And um, the, the, the long and the short is just that, that no human being um, sh- should ever be exposed to this, uh, never mind children. Um, and um, we, we kind of hold it that um, the, the children in general um, sh- should have specialized services, not just counseling services, but specialized services yeah. because of the intensity of the experience that they that they're exposed to. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, on its uh, scale of uh, one to 10, I know that it was a bit of a difficult uh, question for you to respond to um, because you're not directly involved in providing these services, especially uh, psychosocial services. Uh, Where are we currently? Well, to to be quite honest, um, the, the education department is very well aware of the need, and, and quite recently, Mr. Brunschreder actually launched a new initiative that is that is very promising. That is actually um, acknowledging the fact that that it, that a lot of the changes or a lot of the support needs to happen with heads first, um, cha- changing mindsets, changing um, in, internal dialogue in mm-hmm. people's heads. So, so I think the the um, the amount of, of um, uh, knowledge and of um, understanding around the issue is, is there and it's growing. Um, I think the sad reality is just that, that we're living in, in a, a situation where um, resources are always constrained and that um, the service that is being rendered, um, if it's a psychosocial service, it cannot be offered by, by you know, anybody other than professional um, people, which, of, of course, mm. comes at a cost. And uh, the sad reality is just that although the education department understands um, how big it is, they very often can only intervene in, in real extreme crisis situations, like when a kid has been shot or... Um, when um, uh, you know all these all these times when well literally when it ends up in the news, um, but but we know that that it, it it happens on a daily basis and it's it's only a small amount of the trauma that that gets to make the news, yeah. um, and and on that basis yes the need is there, um, the intention is there to make a difference, but I think the reality is is that resources are lacking, and um, that that's the sad reality. We're speaking to Community Keepers um, Gerald Lenning, who is CEO, uh, Chief Enabling Officer, as uh, we reflect on uh, services needed by learners. I mean, we replaced uh, services with life orientation in most schools. Um, this is supposed to be a holistic development of, of pupils uh, looking at social, personal, intellectual, emotional, spiritual and physical growth. But is this provided um, in, in schools currently and is it provided 
in, in a large scale where it's sufficient uh, addressing some of the ills that we see on daily basis of bullying and um, some of the children who experience trauma at, at, at times even in the hands of the educators. Taking your calls right now. Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207. And we also invite you to join us uh, on a WhatsApp. It's 0614-104-107, the number to dial. And you, you can also join us at SAFM Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook, and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live, and SMS 40938, charged at 150. And my guest on the line is Gerald Lenning. As uh, we talk about um, you know, some of the challenges that, that learners face. Now, Gerald, I, I know that uh, the curricula was changed and, uh, you know, they removed housecraft, uh, which unfortunately some of us were exposed to one of the most useless subjects uh, to life orientation. Is this enough, though? Is it is it um, adequately resourced? <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a difficult question. I'm, I'm not an educational specialist. Um, I, I, would, I would want to believe that um, there, there are teachers in the system that, that understands the importance of life orientation. I think also that the curriculum has got the potential to, to serve uh, this, the school learners in, in a way that will actually enable them um, and help them develop uh, fairly important skills. Um, again, the question of whether it's always implemented in that way is, is open for debate, and I would actually be curious to hear what um, the people out there are thinking. Um, we, we think that, that there, there's always space um, mm-hmm. and room for, for, for improvement. Um, I know that the schools in which we work, we work closely with the life orientation teachers, and um, we basically form a partnership in that way. We um, we we help them to make those um, sessions or those classes or those periods more relevant, um, more um, up to date. Also, um, because the, the thing is that uh, often the the kind of topics that are being dealt with sometimes all fairly complicated mm. and um, in, in that way um, we, we we do support our, our educators um, yeah and, and I would yeah I, I would love to believe that it is important to teachers um, so what sort of yeah. what sort of role can be played by parents as parents good heavens um, the most important role we um, we see kids for a fraction of the day and um, educators them for a fraction of the day and and during that time they have to focus on stuff that um, often um, means that they they cannot touch kids on a, on a very personal level so parents crucial um, we, we we hold the opinion that if um, if we can actually change parents a lot of things will change for for our learners um, and for young people so I think the the, the challenge with parenting is that um, it doesn't come with a manual, um, and and a lot of parents sometimes feel very overwhelmed. Um, we know that old or traditional ways of parenting, more autocratic ways of parenting, uh, does not work very well with our kids. Uh, well, probably never did, um, but we're living with a generation of kids that are very outspoken, 
very aware of their own voices, their own rights, and um, of, often parents are just feeling that um, they, they, they don't know how to parent. Um, mm. So, um, um, which is a good place to be if you, if you actually acknowledge it, um, and it just then gives an opportunity if parents are willing um, and able, they, um, they can make an immense, immense impact on their kids. Of course, the, the whole uh, socioeconomic situation in the country often also means that, that parents are just physically not there to look after their kids. Uh, I know parents who leave home at four in the morning to, to catch a train or to catch a taxi, um, who then only returns at seven at night or even later. And um, it means that it's not always even their choice not to be part of their children's lives. So for for parents perhaps who are listening to this conversation and uh, not even knowing uh, the sort of challenges that children are exposed to, especially when it's your child who is uh, acting out um, because of uh, challenges in the home. Uh, Are there any services from your organizations to help your organization to help such parents? Yes, yes, and I think it's not just our organization, but there are people around, um, even very well-meaning teachers, um, who would probably um, be available. And and I think the bottom line for most of our kids um, and for human beings in general is is just to be there to listen, really, really attentively listen, um, be the ears, um, be, be be the adult in the in the conversation, mm. and um, w- without trying to change your kids, just just hear them out. Just hear what life is like for a for a young person in South Africa these days, um, and and ultimately, I think um, a, a lot of our kids do 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 benefit from just having a person that that are willing to listen to them. And and contact details for your organization, uh, for those perhaps who would like to contribute? Yeah, well, um, that would, of course, always be um, much appreciated. They are welcome to go directly to our website. Um, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of information on the website, and um, there's also a, a ways and means on the website that you can actually make contributions um, so our website address is just www.communitykeepers.org. There's a question on, on Twitter. Um, Bongseni wants to know what sort of uh, qualifications does one need uh, to be part of Community Keepers? And, and the psychologists that uh, you request in schools, should they be um, a professional psychologists? I guess. Yes, yes. At present, the, the service we render is a professional service which means that all our staff members are either registered counsellors, which means that they've probably got a a degree and a postgraduate qualification with that, or they are social workers, registered social workers, or they are educational psychologists or clinical psychologists. All right. Um, so, so everybody on on our team um, are professionals. All right. Let's take Penwell, uh, Penwell Maduna from Orange Farm, former student leader. Good afternoon and welcome. No, good afternoon to you and your listeners. Good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for calling. No, look, uh, we are saying that as Kosas, we believe that there are not enough uh, counselors in our school. And in fact, 
we have been telling the Department of Basic Education and engaging with Minister Nshimuseha to say that we are demanding that each and every school must have one social worker that is assigned to work with that school on a full-time basis because there are a number of issues that are happening in our schools. There are a number of learners that have different problems, but each and every time learners are supposed to move and go to, 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 to those social workers. So it's a problem because in our schools we do not have cars that are specifically deployed to transport learners. So teachers are supposed to use their cars to take the learners to, to, to counselors. So I mm-hmm. think that each and every school must have a, can- a counselor that will be deployed there on a full-time basis. Mm. Indeed, thank you. Thank you very much. I think that's more a contribution than it is uh, a question, Penuel. Thank you. Thank you very much for your contribution. Thank you. All right. And and as we conclude, um, Akhiral, okay. Where to from here? <laughs> Listen here it's, I'm it's, feeling exhausted from this conversation <laughs> and can only imagine what you are going through. Do, do you know what? We still have got hope. Okay. And the, as long as we've got hope, um, even in our country's context, um, we, we're in a good place. Um, we, things are crappy sometimes and, and there are really bad stuff mm. happening to kids. But um, we, we're hopeful. And um, what we try and foster in our children in general is, uh, is a sense of hope, because that's the one thing that you also find um, cannot be taken away. Indeed. Um, it's something that you, that you can give away, but it can't be taken away. Um, so, so I'm saying in, in conclusion... I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to just uh, hold that uh, conclusion thought. We have to take the news headlines. When yes. we return, let's listen to the voice note and then um, you know, have those concluding words. Discussions impacting your life the most. Hi, Griselda. Good afternoon. It's Marlon from Cape Town. Um, you know, I just have one comment. Um, I believe that they want to remove life orientation and make history, math and science compulsory. What bothers me about that is um, the kids that are doing uh, maths and science now can't even cope. What about those that don't feel that they can cope with it and that's why they're not doing it at the moment. How, how are they going to solve this problem? A huge task indeed. How are they going to solve this problem? And I guess, um, you know, we we appreciate uh, such inputs, Gerald, uh, as you put the necessary pressure uh, to the powers that be. Yeah, well, um, to, to, to perhaps just answer in terms of what the gentleman said, about um, life orientation being taken away. I'm also not a huge fan of, of the uh, proposed plan in terms mm-hmm. of um, taking it away, despite the fact that I do love history. Um, and I think there's actually a lot of learning as in life orientation, learning even in history for us. Um, we've made a heck of a lot of mistakes um, uh, on various levels, and, and if you can learn from those, history actually becomes meaningful. Um, but yeah, so, so life orientation is important. Um, we, we are constantly trying to, um, to raise awareness around uh, mental health. We are constantly trying to, to, to actually show people that um, it is not about being mad or being, um, that there is something wrong with you. It's just it's the way our heads are wired, um, that something can go wrong. Um, and that especially if there are trauma in our lives, um, our brains are going to react in certain ways. Um, so, so I think if you're speaking about the powers that be, 
um, we, we would love government to, um, to, to get even more on board um, to support us, to support similar organizations. Um, and yes, as, as an organization, we, we, we firmly believe in, in the principle of hope and that um, hope can actually be quite contagious. And that ultimately, that could be one of the things that could um, could turn turn us around, and mm. can be, be part of the turning around that um, most certainly our country um, can and will um, see happening. I believe. And I guess that that that's um, uh, uh, is way better uh, than what Dave in Deben um, is saying. Dave from Deben says people should not be allowed to have kids if they can't look after them, afford uh, them, or be there for uh, as a parent uh, for those kids. Wow! Mm. All right, thank you, thank you very much, Khalat, for joining us. And um, you did give us uh, your contact details, perhaps uh, just to add uh, the website address, www.communitykeepers.org. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Gerald Lenning, uh, CEO, of, uh, who is Chief Enabling Officer at uh, Community Keepers. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us.